0: Welcome to Tribecast. I am Forrest Walden, founder and CEO of Iron Tribe Fitness. And on this podcast, I am gonna help you find your tribe and maximize your life. Welcome to another episode of Tribecast. Excited this morning to sit down with new friend, Jim Weaver, COO of Own & Staffing. And uh, Jim? Thanks for carving out a little time and being on the show, man. Yeah, I'm excited to excited to be here. All right, well, tell us uh, who's Jim. How did you get to where you are? I mean, Onan has an amazing reputation in Birmingham. I know we'll get to that, the size and all that, but give us a little background on you.
1: Um, well, I grew up uh, grew up in in Wisconsin, and uh, somehow over the years providentially have made it down here to Birmingham. I. Uh, Dropped out of college, um, my first go around, and uh, joined a circus uh, as a drummer. And um, like literally joined literally a circus. Literally joined a circus. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it was a summer job. Okay. Playing drums with a circus. I, I went to I kind of played the safe route. Uh, went to school as a business major. Uh, first go around, but really my heart was to be a professional musician, uh, and that was just kind of burning in me. And and uh, uh, got that opportunity to move out east to do that and uh met a met a rock and roll band uh out there and and um uh did not come back to school my parents were thrilled um and what school was that i was at the university of wisconsin eau claire okay and uh, met this rock and roll band, and and uh, decided to pursue that dream. And and you know, frankly, spiritually, that was kind of the beginning of kind of a prodigal period for me. But it's uh, it's it's my you know my story, uh, my walk. So, spent three years uh, living out of a van, um, and uh, and and I was I was serious about. I wasn't a. Um, uh, Idiot musician. I mean, I was I was serious about pursuing that. I uh, wasn't necessarily living uh, for God at the time, but uh, and then went back to school at Berkeley in Boston. So the second go around, and I was a music performance major uh, okay. out there where I met my wife. Uh, what stro- what type of band? Rock band. I I, I played it, I played anything that would pay the bills. So okay. the circus, uh, rock and roll band. I met this. I played with this guy in in Boston. It was a West African uh, Senegalese master drummer. I played. It was a ten piece African band. We got to go over to senegal and play and we did the college circuit out there out east and then i got a gig with a country artist in nashville and that's kind of how i got to the south kevin sharp he had a couple hits in the 90s um and got a road gig with him and and that's kind of how i i made it to the south very cool uh got fired from that gig and um was looking for a temp job like in a warehouse or something because i had to you know we had to pay the bills <laughs> you know and uh went into it was it was in staff personnel at the time it's now owning staffing I knew the manager there and uh, she said hey we're looking for a salesperson. Um, you'd be great why don't you much interview for that job and did with the intention of just getting my next gig and getting back on the road but uh, felt like God closed that door uh, in my life at that point and um, and put me where where I am and it's been it's been 19 years I've been uh, with the owning group um, kind of, kind of had grown up in that company
0: uh, professionally. Okay, so what year was that that you started owning? Uh, well, I mean, it wasn't owning at that point.
1: Yeah, it was uh, 2001. No, sorry, 2000. First of 2000.
0: Okay, and at that time... Sorry, 2001. It was 2001. 2001. Yeah. And at that time, you were in the sales position. Yes. Yeah, okay, yeah. and what was the size of the company at that point?
1: Yeah, we were an $8 million uh, for office operation at the time.
0: Okay. Um couple questions I noticed the other day on Facebook, and I probably should have mentioned, the way we even got connected, there was a good friend of mine and one of your key employees, yeah. Jonathan Spidel, Yeah. and he's also a musician, and I saw yes. there was a picture of the Onan Band at some type yes. of retreat or a team building event, I guess. I'm assuming you're the drummer for this yes, Onan Sour, Band.
1: Sour Cream and Onan, that is our, okay. uh, yeah,
0: that's our, that's our comfy band. And do you have any other gig besides... Company gigs, or do y'all you, you guys actually play? Uh,
1: we 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 uh, we did an event up in Nashville. It was three weeks ago. It Was industry uh, auto industry event. We we hosted the party. We played there, uh, and then we do company stuff. And I, I play some. I play uh, at at Oak Mountain uh, Press. Some okay. um, and and used to play Brook Hills. And and then I I sub in. I've got a couple bands I sub in. it it's tough with. The job I have and and a young family to Absolutely. to make time for it, but it's but it's still a
0: passion. It is yeah. okay, yeah. awesome. Um, all right, so in two thousand and one, you come on to this. What was it called at the time? In staff personnel. Okay. Did yeah. you know anything about the staffing industry?
1: knew nothing. I would worked for Kelly Services, um, you know, done done temp assignments through them, and and you know felt like just a commodity. I remember going into a Kelly office and I'm not, uh, I was wearing a suit, you know, and I pulled my ponytail back and, and uh, they put me on this, like, it was like a monkey box, you know, where you put the pieces, you know, yeah. I'm not trying to get her, you know, and, and uh, it was just, and there were some nice people I dealt with there, but, you know, the, the industry, I had kind of a negative feeling about the industry because you, kind of can feel like a commodity. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that is really, um, as I, as I've, grown up in the industry, man, we're really deliberate to not make that the experience um, of, we call them teammates, uh, the folks that work with us. Uh, it's, it definitely impacted um, how I I lead now. Our
0: yeah, and those are the things I want to get into because I know from 2001 to where you guys are today, I feel like it's uh, one of those good to great leaps from like this good company to this great company. Yeah. Help us understand uh, what's transpired over the last 18 years, how you moved from a sales role to the COO, yeah. how you guys, you said, tracking to be a half billion dollar company. Yeah,
1: our run rate right now, so we, we did about $8 million in sales in uh, 2001, and, and you know last week we... we you know, we we built about 10 million uh, last week, so that's a yeah. half a billion dollar uh, run rate. Um, so it's been it's really surreal, honestly, the 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 growth. Uh, but it's it's been very very much the tortoise uh, approach to growing a business. Um, w- we've done it. Debt free, uh, which is is very unusual. Not not you know vehemently opposed to you know uh, using leverage, but but we just um, uh, are very very slow and steady in our orientation, uh, conservative in, in kind of how we've grown it. We just uh, building deep client relationships and and you know building teams that can support those relationships and just stair step. Man, we we had. Boy, annually uh, you know we it, it was normal for us to have a you know 40 50 percent organic growth rate um, from 2001 to 2009 then the recession hit we we lost 40 percent off the top mm. line which was brutal uh, and then coming out of the recession we really took a leap going from uh, about, I guess 45 million in 2010 to you know where we're at today and um, it's really been about uh, Hiring well, uh, you know, casting a vision, you know, developing a vision, casting a vision, building the team and creating the ecosystem where great people are drawn to us and great people can do are free to do great things. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's been that's been the secret, the secret sauce. We really haven't done many acquisitions. We did a big one this year, um, but the vast majority of it has been just organic, good old fashioned, getting out there, building relationships developing those relationships uh over time uh delivering for customers having a great relationship with the with the workforce so when our customers put their foot in the gas we can find them people uh, that's that's really you know how we've how we've done it slow and steady okay
0: so i want to back up a little bit we probably should have done this at first but owning staffing you're a staffing company so yes. explain a little bit the value proposition of what you guys do and you, you talked about a, a company wanting to accelerate you're helping them find the workforce
1: yeah yeah we So actually, the Onan Group is is our um, it's a group of companies. Onan Staffing is one of our brands. It's our biggest brand. Got it. So Onan Staffing is our our Lut Industrial skilled trades uh, recruiting brand, and um, we help companies you know find. Talent, and uh, it's it's in a capacity of uh, if it's it's a short term project, we do some of that, not a lot of that. Most of our clients are on a uh, teammate to direct relationship, so we're sourcing their direct. Talent. Um, they're using us as a sort of try before they buy option. Um, we allow companies to uh, hedge their risk a little bit when adding uh, headcount. You know, if the economy's sputtering, we actually do well in a, a sputtering economy because uh, companies need they need talent, mm-hmm. but um, they don't know if they can make a long term commitment. So uh, we will go out. We'll find on a mass scale. We've got roughly sixteen thousand people on assignment today wow. uh, around the U.S. Um, so so we identify, we, we work with them to identif- identify what they need and go out and get it for them uh, and partner with them that way. We're, we're building, we're hiring their next um, Coworker, okay. Is, is what we're doing. And
0: are you doing this at all levels? Is it mostly blue collar, like trade work? Is it yeah. all the way up to headhunting for VP and executive and C-suite
1: levels? So that that's where um, uh, you know that's where the different brands come in. Okay. So Own and Staffing really is um, more entry level, mid skill, and skilled trades uh, focus is our IT and engineering brand, and then we have Own and Search, which would be um, more. Uh, we've we've not really gotten into the. The the We've not gotten into C-level placement, but, um, you know, management, upper, middle management, uh, own and search would facilitate that.
0: Yeah, and in this economy, I know for me, it's great that unemployment's down, but it's hard to find people right now.
1: Man, I mean, that's the biggest barrier to our growth right now, talent. For your own teams. For our own? Well, yeah. Well, and now, I guess hiring for your it's really hiring too. for our clients. Like we we've got enough of a. And it is more work. You know, you have got to steal people, yep. basically, That's right. from
0: someplace else. Everybody's
1: employed. Yes, yes, yes. And you've got to have a um, you've got to have a, a compelling proposition to to uh, pull people from from elsewhere. So, uh, you know, one of our differentiators, man, our benefits are unbelievable. We we've got close. we had a roughly a seventy five percent participation rate in our contingent workforce. Our teammates is what we call. Um, 75% participation in our medical benefits. They don't legally have to take them anymore. Mm-hmm. Nobody that I know of in the light industrial sector has more than a seven or eight percent participation rate. Wow! Because they are, uh, we really dug in, sort of figured out the system, uh, and proactively managed this benefit. We we looked, we surveyed them. What do they want to use? What are they going to use? You know, the average there is a younger, more physically active crowd that that we place. Mm-hmm. You know, because of the type of work it is. And uh, they're with us uh, anywhere from 90 to uh, ninety days to six months. So what are they going to use during that time period? And we customized a plan to where, I mean, $5 copays for primary care, uh, $5 copays for generic scripts. I mean, they can get glasses for, it's like 10 bucks mm. for an eye exam and glasses. I, mean, I just got my daughter glasses. I wish we, I would have been on that <laughs> it would have been cheaper than what I
0: had. I'm sitting here thinking trying. the same thing. Yeah. Those are better
1: than mine. Yeah, yeah. So we're really proud of that. It's It's been a, a unique um, draw for us. It feels like we're really like making a difference. These are folks that typically have not had mm-hmm. insurance ever.
0: Okay, but n- n- not to get too granular, but Sorry. when you pl- – no, 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 you're not. I'm about to get granular. <laughs> but when you place someone into an, a company, you said they're with you you know, up to six months. So are, are they technically your employee? They are and,
1: our employee. Okay, yeah, and so
0: absolutely. you're handling all the HR and oh, – Oh yeah. Okay.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. A very mass scale. Yeah. Man,
0: I'm just thinking about yes. all the geopolitical school. things that affect your world, from immigration to mm-hmm. healthcare. I mean, there's so many things that directly yeah. affect you guys.
1: The ACA took years off my life. I'm sure. It was not written for our industry, you know, and we didn't want to be case law, <laughs> you yeah. know. But we we made a really uh, conscious decision though early on. It kind of light bulb went on, and we thought, man, we're We're gonna make lemonade out of this this situation because it was it was ugly. But okay, we're gonna make we're gonna figure out how to make this a positive for our business, Uh, and that was really um, it's been a big it's been a big deal for us since then. Like that that differentiated when everybody else is running away from it, and the you know responsibility Um, uh, we we sort of embraced it. And okay, we let's let's turn this into something. Let's make it something.
0: And what it ends up being, I guess, is the value proposition to the actual consumer who becomes your placement. He mm-hmm. you said, I want to get placed by these guys because they're taking care of me. Right. Right? I'm not just a commodity. Right. right? Interesting. Yes. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, that's good. All right. Well, help us understand you. I want to, more specifically, you went from... Uh, Musician to sales guy to now COO of a yeah. half a billion dollar company. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty massive. So help us understand how that happened, and then what does your uh, direct report leadership team like? Who are you leading on a daily basis now?
1: Um, uh, so, so the the evolution from being a sales guy um, and kind of one foot out the door to where I where I am. Uh, um, you Know, had some early success, uh, not really early, actually, kind of struggled a little bit early on because we didn't have a support structure for our salespeople. Then it was kind of like, go, go figure it out. Um, but but did end up having some su- success. Um, wanted to stay in sales because uh that was where the money seemed to be and less hassle, uh, but. Kind of naturally evolved into being a, a leader, and uh, Keith and Hugh saw that. And and back in the day, I, I had Nashville, and then they gave me Atlanta, uh, and then they gave me Huntsville, and and we grew in Nashville. Um, we measured things by by billable hours, so we were running about two thousand hours a week. Built that up to, uh, you know, we I think we had three offices, and we were probably doing close to forty thousand hours a week, you know, up there. Um, so uh, they just kind of let me run with it uh, and we we toin- we coined the term intrapreneur. Mm-hmm. We still use that today. So mm-hmm. the idea is forging your destiny within the framework of our organization. And that was kind of I was kind of the first first intrapreneur that the company had. You know, early days. I've been with the company longer than anybody else in the company today. So yep. I was kind of the first woman. That's that's kind of what we've what we've done. So so as um, as as the company's grown and and as more opportunity itself, they they gave me more and more responsibility. Uh, evolved into. They called me GM, the GM for a while and um, uh, moved me to Birmingham uh, 13 years ago uh, to be—, be From here, Nashville? From Nashville, yeah. Okay. Uh, to be here at the home office. And um, uh, eventually we decided—we're we're not big on titles, honestly. Like, it's really—we um, we don't want to be a bunch of VPs sitting around trying to justify our existence, mm-hmm. you know— um, well, we decide. Okay, somebody needs to have a, a title with a C in it, so I took the C O O. Uh, got that got that title, but um, you know, it's again like the company, slow and steady. Uh, man, that's that's kind of been my uh, my my march and and continually asking myself, okay, uh, you know, if my aspiration is to be a CEO of a billion dollar company. Uh, and I'm running into uh, limitations on I feel like I'm running into okay is my is my operating range. if I reach the edge of my operating range mm-hmm. as a professional, I think to myself, okay, well, how would a CEO of a billion dollar company operate in this context um, and i've just I've kept on asking myself questions like that along the way and and have managed to um, to level up and 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 uh, uh, rise to rise to what's you know before us um, as far as folks that report to me man I, I tell you uh, hiring well is absolutely the key to like who we are mm-hmm. um, I'm a top grader uh, learned early on some tough lessons around hiring I used to think okay if I hire that person they'll bring that account and that account so I don't care if they're you know a wreck mm-hmm. um, you know I I want the business they can bring. So I had this, it was kind of the land of misfit toys and it kind of collapsed in uh, and then figured out, okay, I got to get really good at this hiring thing. It makes my life so much easier. So um, we've got a... um, uh, a group of field managers that report directly to me, our VPs and regional managers, the VP title you earn at, I and mean, when you have $65 million worth of business with us, then we'll call you a VP. Uh, and then I've got uh, the, the sales and, and operations, people and culture, that all rolls up to me. Um, really, the, the finance side of the business, um, I, I manage... Um, make sure we're getting return on investment and manage P&Ls and that sort of thing. But one of our partners, Keith, is really our, our CFO. Uh, so I don't go deep into the banking side, cash flow side of the business. But everything else, um, I'm, I'm very, very hands-on, and that, that comes up to
0: So to total employees in the company.
1: So we've got 542, uh, we call them Onanites, those are our, in, our internal employees, and then um, at any given time, we got between fifteen and 16,000 teammates, which are their, their legally our employees as well, but it's a little different relationship. Sure.
0: And just out of curiosity, how many employees at the company in 2001 when you started? Man, I. 15, 16, yeah. something well, like that. Man. Massive growth. Yeah. By any measure. Okay. Well, obviously, you've got a ton going on. Uh, very successful company. You have a stellar reputation. Anybody I know Thanks, that knows you. Um, it's just stellar reputation. Uh, Jonathan, I mentioned, loves working for you guys. He just rants and raves. He's a rock star. He yeah. is. Um he never uh, could complete a pass against me in high school. So when he listens to this podcast, he, he would expect me to throw that in. So he was a receiver, I was a DB. Um, let's transition. Let's talk about what you do to operate at this level. You already mentioned some key things, you leveling up. I know you're huge on continuing education. I want to get into some of that. But let's start with body. What does your routine look like for body? And then how does that translate into you being effective when you show up at the workplace? Uh,
1: functional fitness is, is kind of my... Uh, that's my approach to it. So, um, I, I, uh, you know, if I'm getting chased by coyotes or, or you know, wrestling around with my boys or um, uh, needing to show up uh, at work uh, charged and and you know, uh, full of energy. I mean, that that's kind of my goal, probably, uh, and not as um, not as in, in intensely into it as, as you would be. It's your business, mm-hmm. you know. But um, I. Uh, um, definitely believe man, in the the whole connection uh, with, with mind, body, uh, spirit. So I um, kind of my primary uh, thing right now is jiu-jitsu, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Okay. Cool. Um, and what I like about that, um, that workout, man, um, it really checks all four areas, uh, body being uh, business and, and balance. Mm-hmm. And here's why. Um, and body... Uh, I don't know that there's anything that would, would push me as hard physically, you know, than having some big dude trying to tap me out, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and and you're just going to push yourself when you're in that type of competitive uh, situation. Uh, being, uh, where, where I work out, just uh, oh, yeah. George Webby, yeah, no that is a, he looks at it as an overt ministry. Mm-hmm. And it is, uh, we... We share, we pray after, we do service together. Um, it's absolutely a Christ-centered environment. You don't have to be a believer to be there, um, but uh, he looks at it as a ministry, um, which is—it's really—it's—it's it's a tribe. Um, and then the um, the balance piece—I'd throw—I'd throw friendships and and brotherhood into the the balance mm-hmm. uh, area. It's just some great guys down there, so it, it checks that box for me. Um, and, and then. Um, for business, um, I think the 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 self-control that you need in that context, the, the discipline, uh, strength doesn't win it in jiu-jitsu. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you want to advance in jiu-jitsu, you got to kind of let go of um, uh, winning the the match at all costs and, and try to do it the right way so you can advance in your technique. I came in, I'm kind of a, I'm a competitive guy, uh, you know, I early on um, I, I went at it hard, you know, and it was definitely an intensity about it and got a reputation for being, oh, you're, you know, you're a little stronger than you look and, you know, and I kind of, well, I had to let go of that. I had mm-hmm. to learn to invest in failure. Um, and and you know you got you're in that heavy gi and you got somebody choking you out, um, and and if you can keep your keep your cool, keep your composure in that type of context, um, then if you're in a conflict at work, or you got a customer that's just on you or, or you're butting heads with somebody, it uh, it definitely translates to the business. So it checks a lot of boxes. Mm-hmm. Um, sure for does. Me.
0: Did you have a background in that or did you just start and say, this is something I've always wanted Not
1: in Not in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I, I had done um, uh, Arnis, which is uh, Filipino stick fighting. Okay. Uh, which is a really interesting form uh, back when I was in Boston. So I've been kind of interested in that and I like the the functionality of, of that type of fitness. Just being able to you know, feel like you can defend your wife, you know, and, yep. and you know you don't have to walk around scared. Um, not that I'm some whatever killer, but um, you know, it's just it's it's I, I like that. Well, um, it breeds that confidence. Sense. That's it does. for sure.
0: And I think you know. a lot of people are very hesitant to try that form of exercise because, I mean, let's face it. People don't like to get punched in the face and all the things uh, yeah. that come along with it, but uh, and I've never personally done it, but I know the guys who do are believers and uh, absolutely love it. So, yeah. what does that routine look like? Is that a couple times a week? You so, do it first thing in the morning? Yeah, that's
1: that's a twice uh, twice week thing, and that is a morning uh, workout. And then my other my other my other work at home revolves around around that. If I'm, uh, I, I like to mountain bike too. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I'll do yeah, typically the. Are two or three minute uh, sparring matches that you do. And physically, I would go more honestly, man. with physically, just my joints and stuff. It, it's it's pretty taxing. Yeah. Um, and I kind of need that recovery time at 48, <laughs> rolling around with these 20 year olds, man. It's, it changes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so um, uh, my other my other training kind of revolves around that. That sport. So uh, if I'm riding bike, uh, you know, hit training uh, with that in, in two or three minute uh, increments so I can sustain uh, that intensity for, for that long. Um, uh, I've got I've got a gym in the basement at the house. So uh, every day man, every day I, I do something physically in the morning, uh, I either get up at five or um, depending on if it's a full workout, five or five forty five, depending. But at the at the end of my morning routine, I am moving. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Tony Robbins says change your change your physiology, change your psychology, and that is absolutely uh, a fact. Mm-hmm. So even if it's uh, uh, 15 minutes on the kettlebell or um, a, a set of burpees or whatever, before I go upstairs, say hi to the family, and hit the shower, um, I, I want to get my I want to get my body going just to get get keto for the day.
0: Okay. And we'll get into your full routine here in a minute, but let's go into balance. Uh, you mentioned your wife. I think you said you met her when you were in Boston. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. And you got three kids and yeah. you and I have a very, com- I mean, very uncommon connection in that we both have adopted children from Ethiopia. And we just discovered year. this year, we went yeah. in the same year, 2010. So we were both about to have 10 year old adopted kids. So that's yeah. an awesome part of your story, but help us understand what balance looks like in your domain and, your wife of 22 years, and had that how that also grounds you yeah. as a leader in business. Yeah, my
1: um, my wife is uh, the most resilient human being I have uh, that that I know. Um, she is really an and just a incredibly deep uh, person, and and uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's an adventure uh, being married to her for sure. She's she's uh, in a lot of ways, you know, a, a hero honestly, um, and she's got different uh she she's just wired very differently from me so definitely keeps me keeps me in check and calls out my balls. she's a she's a fiery uh east coast italian so um you know i've i've loved from the beginning very straight shooter uh with me and and uh will definitely call me out and keep me on my toes and and you know they say um Marriage is a collision of a man's ego and a and a woman's vanity, you know, and and like how a, the a good a sanctified relationship will really it'll bring things to the surface mm-hmm. about yourself mm-hmm. uh, that, that God wants to to sanctify. I, I think, um, and and her strength is um, definitely. Uh, uh, she's she's able to call me out in ways that uh, you know nobody else can for sure. I can relate to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I have uh, have three kids: seventeen year old son, fourteen year old son, and then a uh, nine going on nineteen year old daughter. <laughs> um, and they are uh, they're all incredibly different, and um, and really a joy, man. I, I uh, me and I, uh, it's our prayer and and our. We, we, we we believe or expect um that uh, every season will be better than the last we don't lament them getting older um that's what's supposed to happen Mm -hmm. uh it's great man every every season is is uh is new and and um it's, it's it's sweeter than we, we have found it's sweeter than the last uh, with, with kids for sure
0: yeah Mindy and I have had that same conversation of, I've enjoyed every phase and I've been excited to see every phase go yeah and I yeah. said does this continue or do we reach a point diminishing returns where we want phases back but then start thinking about grandkids and, yeah you know yeah. it's just like if, I agree with you be where your feet are embrace every phase every we phase we have a choice to go unique. back that's right
1: what's the point of thinking about that yeah. you know what I mean uh, that's we don't have that choice.
0: All right. So help me understand how do you um, how do you create what are the rhythms patterns for your family to make sure that you're intentionally winning at home? Uh, things like date night or one on one time with yeah. your kids
1: or yeah, yeah. W- what works for you guys? Um, we definitely build and uh, well, I, well, I think at at its root, I think. Um, the the key to being a, a well actually the key to success in any any area is simple smart choices done consistently over time that's that's it man um, so uh, you know it's 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 fun to do the big things my wife and I are uh, getting out of town. This I can say this because this is just a delayed podcast. Nobody will rob my house. But uh, <laughs> we're getting out of town this weekend. We're headed up to Chicago and spending a couple nights up there just getting away. Uh, I think that's very important. To do. We've, we've got to we try to trying to do that once a quarter. We didn't have the liberty to do that early on because we don't have family down here. Mm-hmm. It was just us. And, man, we hadn't gotten away just us for it was like 12 years uh, that we went without doing that it's been really nice to be able to do that our 17 year olds an old soul and and like he'll hold down the fort uh, very well for us Um, uh, again with the with the kids uh, uh, we went the boys and I went away uh, you know a couple weekends going up to Chattanooga hiking so uh, we try to create that that deliberate family time you know, again though, with the simple smart choice, I I bring my daughter to school every day. It's uh, she she goes to school at Briarwood there, and that's over by my work. And just the choice to in the car, man, I've got her for twenty minutes every morning for the next you know couple of years here. Mm-hmm. You know, a you know, nine year old conversation is not necessarily. What uh, a forty-eight-year-old man wants uh, in that in that time, but man, that's precious time. Yes, it is. And uh, just being deliberate about engaging her uh, in that moment is 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 huge. Another thing I think too is uh, with my boys, I've had to learn to not parent autobiographically. Like they're not me. Mm-hmm. they God has made them unique, and uh, and they've got a different path, and and I cannot impose what I was doing or what my priorities were, how I, you know, it's, that's not them. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that's, that's hard as a parent not to do that, but I think that's another uh, thing that I really try to be intentional about. Um,
0: Well, I know we could do probably an entire podcast on what led to the adoption and how that's impacted your family. Uh, But tell us that story.
1: My wife and I, I remember early on when we were, we were dating we talked about we both kind of had it on our heart to adopt uh, was
0: it international at that point it, or just any kind of adoption at
1: some point uh, i think any any kind of okay. adoption yeah and you know it's so you know you think of the need out there right and and it's it can be overwhelming mm-hmm. uh but um when it uh when it came down to making the choice you know the, the impact you can have on on that one life is is you know it's, we just have to each do our part, mm-hmm. uh, and I can't control what anybody else does. Or their, but I just have to do what, what we're, we have to do what we're called to do. So uh, we were we were at Brook Hills at the time, and definitely a strong adoption culture there. Um, and uh, and and we were moving up toward forty and thinking, man, okay, we had two boys, and, and we were pretty comfortable, honestly. Yeah. And going into it, it felt like maybe it was a sack a little bit of a sacrifice you know like our comfort right and and uh um but i tell you what when she came home um it's like this is the sacrifice like that's the sweet thing about god man when mm-hmm. He calls you to do something like when when it may seem on the front end like it's gonna be um you know a sacrifice or whatever but she's man what a what a sweet sacrifice that is i mean she's she's amazing so um yeah. She was, she was young we got her, we got the referral. She was like four days old. Oh wow. Yeah, her birth mom had, had died in childbirth or, uh, right after. And, um, and we, we got her as uh, she was six months. Um, and, uh, man, she's, uh, she's pretty amazing. Gorgeous, big personality. Just a it's beautiful little girl. She's, uh, What's her name? Senna.
0: And was that her African given so, name?
1: It, her African name was, uh, it, it looks like Senay- Senayit, or they pronounce it Senite, but mm-hmm. the nickname was Sena. Okay. And we had some names going in, but thought Sena sounds... It's easy enough to say to where it'd be easy in school, and we're kind of respecting her, her roots. And yep. we thought, yeah, let's let's go with that. She's a Senna.
0: so We're so similar. We we had prayed for a name to Manjuru. We got over there. His name was Benium, and all the nurses called him Benny. Yeah. And we're like, yeah. you know, Benium, and we looked it up. It's Benjamin. And so we just kept it, and he's Benny, and we yeah. spell it differently to Tip our hat at Benium, so it's B B E N I, Uh and then we kept his last name as his middle name. You know, just you know, wanted to keep some of that root there. Yeah. Um, Any, we're in the South. Yeah. A lot of people have this big stereotypical uh, perception of what Birmingham, Alabama is like. Have you guys encountered anything but
1: support and love in this journey? Um, it's for the most part, it's. uh, it's definitely been support and love, I think um you know every once in a while you get the is she yours uh-huh. <laughs> you know it's just it's not it's okay for her, but she, it's just kind of weird for her yeah. you know um and like yeah I mean think we <laughs> we didn't steal her yeah <laughs> um, uh, but uh no it's uh I you know it's interesting i um I'm always a little uh Funny about, it's just not that big a deal, mm-hmm. and I find kind of the, you know, the adoption Sunday, and I get why they do that stuff, but we, uh, we kind of don't go up on stage because it's it's like. Uh, I don't, for her sake, I don't want to make it we don't, we don't, we talk, it's funny, my daughter and I, we talked about it this morning, she was asking me questions about her family over there, we're very open, open about her story, open about the plan God had for her, and she looks at it as a very positive thing, but she doesn't want to be, she doesn't want to be weird, you know, she wants to fit in, and I, uh, just trying to be sensitive about um, making her you know how she's gonna feel about different things like that but Mm -hmm. man for the most part uh, you know it's pretty neat the the adoption culture that is here in Birmingham. Yep. There's a lot of that. Very healthy. Yeah,
0: yeah. All right, well, perfect transition into being. It's come up throughout your story, but talk to us about your relationship with Christ. How does that undergird uh, who you are, what you're responsible for in business, your wife and three kids, taking care of yourself? Like, how is all that impacted by your relationship with Christ?
1: Um, I, I grew up in the church. I was in the Lutheran church. Um, I feel like God got a hold of me young, but I was swimming in very shallow water. And uh, right before I went off to college, the first go around, started asking some tough questions and... and didn't get uh, didn't get very good answers like I think a Ravi Zachariah's book probably would have saved me about eight years of wandering <laughs> at that point but uh, didn't get didn't get uh, any answers so uh, those years when I was uh, on the road I was definitely um, searching spiritually and did the Western philosophy thing Eastern philosophy my wife met me I was doing science I was trying Scientology and I, mean, I was really uh, a little out there uh, and I remember reading this book in this park in Boston. and uh, in the in the book, the hero and the heroine, I was kind of slowly walking away from God. I always felt like He had a tether on me, um, but just was just I, I tested the bounds of whether or not you can you know lose your salvation for sure. <laughs> I mean, I and I don't know. I mean, like theologically, I don't have that settled, but um, I certainly tested those bounds. I was sitting in this park, and uh, in this book, the hero and the heroine find the body of Christ in the Vatican, hmm. and they've been hiding in all these years and perpetuating this lie. And I, I remember closing the book and I said, "There is no God." And God a lot I had felt his presence all those years that I was walking away for it was probably three months, man. I lived in like with, with, it, it was like his, he wasn't there, mm. and lived in that, that darkness, man. And um, I'm thankful for it. I mean, it was, it was a really uh, striking uh, dark. Uh, place to be spiritually and about that time I met my wife and uh, her brother was a, um, a pastor in this small um, uh, outreach church, and, and they, had a, they had a little church up in Saugus Mass, uh, Massachusetts, which is a very blue-collar, really tough uh, suburb of Boston, mm-hmm. and uh, the pastors, we went to this little church up there. My, well, my wife told me, so I went on our first date, and she said, well, whoever I date, uh, they've got to, you know, we've got to get serious spiritually, and they got to go to church. with me. So she kind of, God used her for sure, uh, so I went to church with her at this small church up in Saugus Mass, and it was a couple of ex-Hell's Angels that were the pastors, and I went there and they were so raw, so real, uh, so on fire, man, I was mm. like, Oh this is different. I haven't seen this before. Mm-hmm. And uh that that drew me back. Okay. Um so fast forward, um, I feel like God really chopped me And then at that point then God kinda chopped me down to a stump. I mean, we were we were in Nashville, um, we were deeply in debt. We were estranged from both both sides of our family. Um and he he slowly, um, oh, he just showed me. You know, I think, um, you know, like like I, I love Tony Robbins, mm-hmm. right? I'm a big Tony. And, me and too. I think that is like I think Tony understands how to leverage common grace right like that's kind of what he's doing Mm -hmm. like there is God has created order he's created laws of sowing and reaping and and all this right uh and it's common grace but but God when you're his child um he he doesn't have to be bound by those those laws and I was doing everything right in terms of um the way I was going after my music career but it was an idol Hmm. and uh, God took it away so he took that away and that was a that was a dream it was it was like everything to me took that away financially we were just deep in debt uh, you know, got in the whole Dave Ramsey plan, and 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 just cut me down to a stump, um, so that I think so I could be a more effective leader, and I'd stay grounded, and I'd always be reminded that um, man, it can it can go like that. Yes, it can. Um, so, man, I, I don't know how man, I don't know how um, people can can lead without uh, that. Relationship, I, I honestly don't know how people pull it off, mm-hmm. uh, but I think as believers we kind of operate under a different set of uh, different different set of rules. God's mm-hmm. priority is sanctifying us, mm-hmm. right? So, um, man, I it struck me ten years ago. I didn't intend to get in the staffing business. I didn't have a. I didn't have a desire to get in the staffing business. He just put me here. But man, it hit me probably ten years ago. Like man, we really impact a lot of lives in this business. Mm-hmm. And uh, and and just it just stirred in my heart. Like what, what an opportunity. Uh, that is, uh, both internally and and to to create a culture and exemplify. Uh, okay, if if Jesus ran the staffing business, how would he do it? And not and and, and we don't go out and just hire Christians either. I mean, we're. Um, I don't. I just don't. I don't have a problem with somebody doing that, but that's not how we operate. Mm-hmm. We have people, uh, but they have to align with our, with our values yep. uh, at our core. Um, so, uh, and 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 I don't want to claim that we actually do operate like Jesus would operate. <laughs> you know, that's the aspiration, though. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, we've got pockets of hypocrisy, and I've got hypocrisy in my heart. And uh, but but that's the. That's the intention, man. How, you know, how do we love people well? Uh, you know, in, in this business, and, and build something great, and inspire people, and uh, and and and. Uh Create value for our customers. I mean, that's their their careers are on the line too. With, mm-hmm. with the people we bring them, mm-hmm. uh, as they make choices to work with us. We're we're helping companies grow. We're helping the careers of our our, our customers grow. The folks that choose us. Uh, we've we've uh, we pride ourselves on having tremendous opportunity within Onan uh, to grow, and then then obviously all the the tens of thousands of teammates that we touch. Um, so uh, it's it's all interwoven, man. There is no it's there's it, there's really not four sections i mean that just that just needs to to permeate everything
0: so from a granular level we talked about your morning routine how do you get this all in i mean so many yeah. people get lost in their work and they've got all this responsibility and the other things start burning down how do you structure your day and Tony's so big on a morning routine. What does yours look like? You mentioned getting up at 5 or 5.45, depending on the workout.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I get up, uh, grab a cup of coffee and I head down to my office downstairs and um, spend just five or 10 minutes just doing a little uh, mindful meditation, which is just focusing on the breath, like Mm -hmm. just kind of disciplining my mind. Uh, It's not necessarily spiritual uh that that aspect of it but just trying to like get discipline this muscle between my ears you know uh so i do that for for about 10 minutes and then um i i'll have a, a devotion of some sort uh get into the word for um uh, 15 20 minutes uh and then have a time of prayer uh after that uh, and then I'll move if I have a full workout I'll move into a full workout uh, at that point or I'll just uh, just move uh, for 15 minutes uh, so that's you know it's about an hour and hour and 15 minute uh, uh, the short the short routine is about an hour and 15 minutes and, and then it's about a uh, I guess close to a two hour deal if I'm mm-hmm. doing if I'm going and doing jujitsu at 6 a.m. Uh, yeah. so that, that's that's how I do that and I I um, Uh, Yeah, win the morning, win the day. Mm hmm You know? Yeah. So
0: in the converse, when you're not able to do this, what is the impact on you showing up at work and showing up as a parent at the end of the day when your day blows up?
1: Yeah, man. It's... uh well, hopefully, I'll tell you what, I think if, if it's enough of a routine, you'll probably get away with not doing it for a day. hmm <laughs> You know, you, you've got, to, it's like a bank account, you know, if, if you've made enough deposits, then you might be able to make that withdrawal. But, boy, uh, don't go two days. Mm-hmm. Uh, without making those making those deposits that's right and it's easy to i do a, a affirmation thing too where i just sort of uh, uh sounds cheap, sounds like stuart smalley but you know i i have a a, a purpose that i've kind of worked out mm-hmm. you know for myself mm-hmm. prayerfully and and uh i'll uh i'll 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 repeat that, I'll, I'll affirm that, uh, typically as I'm doing physical uh, physical exercise, I, I want to keep that before me, I got to keep first things first, you have to make sure you're working the big rocks, and then, and be able to do it all uh, during the day too, man, I, I do, I'm really, really focused on the fundamentals, man, first principles, the basics, I don't try to control everything, um, you know. Hiring well, developing people, um, defining, living, creating like essentialist systems that support the right culture, where, where people are empowered to make the right, to, I don't have to, I shouldn't be making decisions for, for people, mm-hmm. you know, uh, but I, I want to create an ecosystem or, or create these kind of essentialist structures uh, to, to get the basics right, just get the basics right. Uh, and, and my planning for the week, I've got, I've got three goals or targets for each week, and I've got uh, the, the three most important events. For each week, and if I can get those three things, um, if I can nail those those three things, then it's a, success, a successful week. So again, basics. What what's the mo- what are the most important things that have to happen uh, this week? And making sure you nail those. It's so easy to chase rabbits and and just get into the minutia and just constantly zooming in, zooming out, zooming in, zooming out, um, executing small. Think it big, executing mm-hmm. small. Uh, that, that's kind of the, the rhythm that that I, I've had to uh, have to do because there's just a ton going on.
0: When you get to the end of the day, and be like, what did I do today? And you get to the end of the week, what did I do this week? If yeah. you're not intentional about this is what I'm going to do and then measure your performance against that. Yeah. Um, I love that. I've also started what I call a hit list. I do four – identify four things that I'm going to get done every day that feed into that overall target for the week. That's really yeah. helped me. yeah. Um, prioritize my task list because, yeah. as you know, that task list can just grow forever, and yeah. you can almost get a little rush knocking things out. Right, but if they're not the things you were committed to doing, uh, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter. Okay, I want to conclude. I want to talk about. I know you're really big into personal development, mm-hmm. and you talked about one of your biggest struggles is continuing to raise to expand who you are as a leader, so you're not experiencing the law of the lid yeah. and you being the yeah. cap of the organization. What is your after all the different things you've do you've done? If someone's listening and they want development, they want to grow too. What would you recommend? You've mentioned Tony Robbins. Uh, anything else you would recommend?
1: Um, really, the the biggest thing that I the, the foundational thing that I do. I am a I am a reader, and I'm not one of these sixty books a year guy uh, guys. Um, probably, you know, uh, I've typically got something going on audible and then I'm reading a book or two, but, but it's really about reading and looking for, looking for actionable nuggets and actually doing something with what you read. If you read a book and nothing changes, uh, in your, in your life, then that was a waste of time, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, or even if it's, you learn what to stay away from. So, um, that's been my, my education has been, um, uh, just, just uh, interesting reading, gleaning things that I can take and apply uh, to 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 my life, to our business. Um, that's been the foundation. I've done, uh, man, I did this uh, really cool uh, deal that Center for Creative Leadership does out in Colorado Springs. It's called Leadership at the Peak. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a week long thing. I would definitely recommend that. Um, it was a group of uh, execs. Uh, some of these guys were really, we had one guy was uh, CFO for a $3 billion publicly traded company, and there were really some interesting guys. One guy ran a big nonprofit, another guy was a military general. Uh, it was a neat group, but they do. Um, 360 heavy heavy 360 reviews within your organization coming up to it and a ton of profiling and you know just a lot of like a lot of crying and (laughs) like you know grown grown men just uh uh really going deep that was that was a great experience Hmm. Uh, and i I did business mastery with tony robbins okay um, and uh I, i really uh um yeah, I, I enjoy that I enjoy that stuff so that, that's been kind of the kind of the thing for me it's not a formal education dude. I'm not an Ivy yep. League yep. You know, I was a music performance major um, but I'm passionate about what I do I'm passionate about being being excellent uh, what about the top books you would recommend um, you know uh, you, uh, oh um, good to great uh, who's the author Jim uh, Collins Collins yeah man drawing a blank so uh, those books, Great by Choice, Good to Great, Built to Last, uh, as far as in building an enduring business, uh, those are, are fantastic books, fantastic, timeless principles that mm-hmm. guys, uh, and the, the, the amount of research they did, uh, fantastic. Um, that, what I said earlier, the simple, smart choices done consistently over time, it's, it's from a book called The Slight Edge, that's mm-hmm. The Slight Love Edge. Love Slight Edge.
0: Man. Have you read Atomic Habits? No. Uh uh-uh.
1: Is that a good one? Have you read Compound similar? Effect? Yes. Yeah, very similar.
0: That yeah, was, they're all, all yeah. three are very similar, yeah. but I've taken a little different. Now I'm actually reading Atomic Habits right now. I read it this week. Really? So, yeah.
1: Yeah, The Slight Edge. Like, I read that, and, and I was like, man, that is it. That's it. That's it. Could not agree more. Like, it's, it's so easy to do, so easy not to do. Mm-hmm. The little things. It is. <laughs> and
0: that's what you, when we talked about balance, you had simple, smart choices consistently over time. Yeah. Like, yeah, Compound Effect.
1: Even, you know, even spiritually, right? Spiritual discipline. Um, making making the right choice in my thoughts, uh, you know, relationships, business. I mean, that that's it.
0: It is. So I don't want to glaze over that. If you have not read The Slight Edge, that's, that's like one of my staple recommendations. Pick that book up. Certainly doesn't have a uh, biblical uh, background, but it doesn't matter. All truth is God's truth. Right. Like, it's so applicable and a phenomenal read. Um, if you want to go to the next step, Compound effect, you'll hear it just a little different direction, and even Atomic Habits really enjoying that now. But it's all the same premise of, man, don't try to hit home runs every day, just get on base. Yeah. Daily yeah. singles, habits, really like this. Um, Atomic Habits really says your identity is where your habits come from. So don't focus on the outcome, focus on who you want to be. Right, um, right. So enjoying that. But anyway, right. Jim. Really appreciated having you on the show. I know you're a busy man. Thanks for carving out some time inspired by your story. A fan of what you guys are doing, and I uh, look forward to staying
1: connected with you. Thanks, man. It's been a,
0: been an honor. It's been fun. All right. Appreciate it. Uh, tune in next week. We will have, uh, actually, we, I'm going to Entree Leadership. Oh, nice. I'm getting a tour of Dave Ramsey's new building, and I'm sitting down with the VP of Entree Leadership, Sarah Sloyan, so that I'll be our first female on the show. It'll be an exciting story, so hear from me uh, next week on that thank you for tuning in to today's Tribecast episode I hope you gained valuable tools that will help you maximize your life across body being balance and business if you found value then make sure to head over to iTunes to subscribe to the show rate it and leave a review Every bit helps. If you want to communicate to us, send an email to tribecast at irontribefitness.com. A lot of the feedback I've gotten has uh, been around the subject of if I do any kind of coaching. Um, and I have made a few slots open to those who want coaching uh, in their business and in their personal life. So if that's you, hit me up and we'll talk. See uh, See you next week.